A lot of you are familiar with the DNA Project and have been rocking with us for a while, but some of you aren't. A lot of you are faithful listeners of the podcast, but aren't familiar with some of the other work that we do. So I just want to take a quick moment to explain to you a little bit more of what we do. So you're getting married, or you have a friend, a cousin, a sister, somebody you know is getting married. Okay. You've booked your venue, caterers, photographer, all that good stuff. When it comes to live music, most people have no idea where to look. We have you covered. Picture this. During the ceremony, while guests are being seated, or while the bride's walking down the aisle. During the cocktail hour, while guests are just mingling and having a good time. Don't forget about dinner music. That's very important to set the mood while guests eat. And we definitely can't forget the party. Let's get the party started right now with The DNA Project. www.thednaproject.ca for more information. Welcome to another episode of the DNA Airwaves, Canada's coolest music podcast. Like Appreciate you guys listening to us today. I'm Dariki, as you should know by now, and I'm here with my partner in crime, Mr. Anthony Lewis. Anthony, how you doing, sir? Good, man. I'm good. How you doing today? I can't complain. Glad to be here. Another day, another dollar, you know? Yeah. What about you? Dollar fifty, man. Going for it. <laughs> Inflation? Yeah, yeah, it's hard work, man. A little bit of a... Uh... You know what I'm saying? Anyway, I don't even know what I'm saying, man. I'm just <laughs> glad to have this guest with us today. Um, Mr. Jeremy John, thanks for joining us, man. Yes, sir. Thank you guys uh, for having me, man. I'm just, yeah, happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be fun, man. You're one of our local musicians in the GTA, at least. Um, so every now and then. I mean, not every now and then, as often as possible. We love to chat with guys like you who are doing cool things and everybody's story is a little different. So today we want to kind of focus on you and your story and some of the things you're doing and some of the things you have coming up. So let's just jump into it with no further ado. Um, (laughs) Where do we start off, man? I mean, we haven't actually talked too much either. So yeah, this is going to be me learning about you in real time as well. So it's kind of kind of exciting and a little bit different than the usual approach, but uh, I know you're a bassist amongst other things, so maybe just give us a little bit of background insight into your music beginnings, I guess. Cool. Yeah, so um, bass is my primary instrument uh, right now. I also gig on the drums, but I started off in church, like most people, just kind of being around music. Yeah. Um, mm. I didn't really grow up in like gospel church. So I, I grew up like in like a crossover church. So CCM and like Israel uh, was okay. the furthest of both sides that I got. So I never grew up with like a right. choir or any of that. I never had mm. that influence. Okay, um, okay. Mm. A little bit of like maybe like ska, like, you know, just like the old school, <laughs> yeah. like island like church of god stuff like i got some of that but like in terms of choir and gospel i I didn't have any of that so um through that i just i fell in love with music and my parents tried to get me into guitar lessons first and i was rejected from the first teacher my teacher you were rejected or the person that was like they rejected me Mm. they're like yeah no he can't play he can't play guitar his hands are too small and then somehow oh, wow. my next teacher recommended bass. Um, Go figure. So I did bass, which is literally a larger neck, which makes yeah. absolutely no sense. I did that right, for yeah. three years, bro. Three years as a kid. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of the start of, of music. So I did it at Long McQuaid, and I had an amazing teacher, and I still talk to him to this day. He's like... 
beyond a professional is professional in music. He's still touring, just nice. like phenomenal, phenomenal bass player. Um, so yeah, he was who kind of poured into me, and that's when I got my first taste of like actual music that wasn't just like super super simple. Um, yeah, yeah. And nothing against that, but he he introduced me to Jameer Quay um mm. and stevie wonder and marvin gay when i was like 10 11 12 so that was like my roots my roots are not gospel they're very much like motown and like funk that it's that's like what be. i really really love yeah yeah man it's a bass player's bass player um, right there yeah <laughs> <Giving> the funk <laughs> yeah yeah so funk and uh and and motown was like my my big focus um, and so cool. after that church that I grew up in, my family transitioned to another church. And again, it was the same thing. It was a crossover in terms of like music. It wasn't choir. It wasn't right. the opposite way, which is like, I would say probably like a Bethel, which is like very washy and like very open. It was like Israel again, yeah. but this church was different. <laughs> there was two keys players and that was it. Uh, so that's when I started to kind of mess around with drums because we needed some type of like right. rhythm. And I was like, rhythm, okay, yeah, I'll just yeah. play drums, you know? Yeah, so yeah. a lot of trial and error and there's not anyone else to kind of like rub shoulders with or like be like, hey, how do you do this? It's like, I don't know, just right. try and play. Um, yeah, so yeah, yeah, there was a good amount of years doing that. What year are we talking? Because I know over time the resources available for musicians have changed. So there's uh, obviously the YouTube era, which caught on and made it uh, opened up the game. Um, are you talking around that time or are we a little bit ahead of that or before that? I'd say like that was when YouTube was starting to really like pop off. Because okay. I would have been right. That was an interesting time. Around 13, 14, 15, somewhere around there. And I'm a 96, so it would have been just, like, just really starting to have people posting or, like, posting clips yeah, of, was a game of musicians. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Because, yeah. so, yeah. like you said, it, you went from, like, and it happened for a lot of us, where we went from the occasional visit to whether it's going to be a concert or a show or like if you're in church then a different church service setting where you might hear some other band or choir or whatever is play but you'd never really got the opportunity for a lot of us to kind of rub shoulders and ask questions you might get one quick question like hey man how'd you do that and they'd say something like oh it's just chords or you just play or whatever it is so <laughs> youtube changed that when you started being able to get almost like a one-on-one -on -one where somebody would break it down or show you exactly what they did and you could slow it down, pause it, rewind it. That's cool. It's yeah. actually funny because one of my good friends, Daniel Collins, shout out to Daniel, one of the MDs of the DNA Project. He is a phenomenal musician. But the way he started playing organ was interesting because <laughs> I asked him some stuff about organ. And he actually gave me a binder, like this big, thick binder. And it was all printouts from different forums where guys would say, like, they'd, they wouldn't even say, like, B-flat major 7. It would, like, <laughs> spell out the chord. It would be, like, bass pedal, B-flat, and then um, whatever it is, uh, left hand, you know, G, B-flat, yeah, yeah. D, and then right hand. And they'd spell it out note by note. And it would have words. Oh, wow. So if the song was 
I don't know, oh, the glory. He would say, oh, B-flat, blah, 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 the, spell it out that way. And I was like, you learn, like, you learn how to play this instrument wow. on this level as if you're putting together, like, like, an Ikea. Yeah, it's like he was putting down, yeah, like, Ikea yeah. furniture. It's That's nuts, insane, man. Literally. It's nuts. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's fascinating how we all have different sort of starting places in music um, and still all learn to navigate to set the structure and the systems in place and do some cool things. So let's talk a little bit more yeah. about that. I guess we could skip ahead in the journey. Bass, drums, um, what happens next? Yeah, bass and drums. And then uh, we finished at that church and then my parents were kind of like, OK, you're old enough. And this is when I was, I'd say, 18, 19, 20, somewhere around there. Like, okay, find yourself a right. church, home church. You can come with us if you'd like, but find a church. So I'm like, I'm <laughs> out of here. Like, you know, I need to find <laughs> I need to find a place where like I can also have that musical like ability stretched and, and pulled. And uh so then I ended up at mm-hmm. a church with uh Toronto legend Jermaine Dwyer. And okay, uh yeah, yeah. that was like that guy put me through the ringer. I promise you, just if you ever get a chance to have him on or if you have had him on, oh my goodness, he put me through literally the ringer and I, he, he taught me almost everything that I use that's like applicable now. He, he just taught me everything from numbers to like training my ear to understanding chords, like basic theory, everything. <laughs> so, yeah, he's uh Jermaine, if you don't know, Jermaine Dwyer is one of the I guess we'll call him like an OG gospel piano player in the GTA, one of the greats. Um, yeah, he's he's no joke. You said something there, um, and for people who aren't really music, into music that way, you said the numbers system, and I don't know if it's ever, I don't know if we've ever talked about it on here, I don't think so. But yeah, can you break that down a little? Yeah, so basically it correlates with um the major scale or the minor um i know some places it kind of just changes depending on where you are in music like genre wise or even in the world but the way we use it most commonly in toronto is with the major scale so if you're in c the major scale is c d e f g a b and then your last note is a c again or the octave the top or the bottom if you're going down Right. And so it's a corresponding number with each uh, note name. So C is one, D is two, et cetera, et cetera, all the way up. And then so that's just a quick way to call numbers and teach people the songs. So you would assume yeah. that if you're calling the third number that, you know, it's going to be a minor chord and it's going to be whatever key that you're in. And that's basically how they right. use the number uh, system. Yeah, it's kind of cool. I guess just a quick way to reference and keep people on this, on track, almost like air air traffic control and sort of sorts where you can call numbers out and have everybody understand where we're going in the form of the song. So, yeah, kind of cool. Thanks for that breakdown. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, man, and that's 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 cool, man. Like I like uh, I like the way we're going with this so far. So let's keep going on the journey because I've I've seen. Um, I actually don't know how old you are, so I don't even know what the gap is between 20 and where we are now, but I've seen you do some cool things. So how did you sort of branch away from the church, not away from it, but as far as you're playing, like how did you go beyond the walls of the church and start to dip into some of the other aspects of uh, playing and tutorials and things like that? Yeah, so um, 
around that same time that I ended up going to that church with Jermaine was when I um, was in my first couple of years of college. And so I went to college for video production. Okay, and so when I was going cool. to college, it was either video production or music, and I picked video production. Um, <laughs> I ended up dropping Why? out yeah. of college. <laughs> I, I, I did not love it at all. I still use a lot of it now, but it was super redundant. And yep. I felt like I already had, mm. like, in the first year, they gave you everything you needed, in my opinion, to just kind of go out and just do it, right? Um, yeah. And a lot of the assignments and things were just like tedious for no reason. It'd be like, we want you <laughs> to do this exact same shot on every single F stop. And it's like, man, like, why? Like, why? Like, yeah, it's yeah. just doing the same thing again and again. It's like, can we just do an assignment that is like helping us be creative? Anyway, so I dropped out. Okay. And okay. Um, so it was like, okay, I'm just going to try the music route. And so I got back in touch with one of the people I'd known from like the second church I talked about. So when I was about, I think, 10 or 11, because I had seen he okay. was doing stuff and his name is um, Sidwan Harrison. I'd seen he was doing stuff in Dope. music and I was like, man, I just want to be around music. Let me learn. Yeah. And uh I remember when we were like really young kids, we we're always like, yeah, we're going to we're going to do a band. We're going to build a band. And so we kind mm. of revisited that idea and uh, we ended mm. up playing a lot of a lot of like gigs and stuff together just from playing. And the band was um, myself. I was on drums. Um, Sid was okay. on keys. Sid Juan Harrison was on keys. Kevin Ikofo was on guitar. And then Jonathan Aristide was on bass. So all those guys now are just doing like amazing, amazing things. Like, um, it's cool to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kevin did you guys is have like a name? Grammy nominated. Uh, yeah, we did. Mm. Uh, the name of the band was Overflow Worship, and uh, they're still around now. They're still like releasing music and stuff, but I've taken a step back. Oh, wow. But yeah, yeah. no, they're still, they're still cooking, and, and the same members are, are still in that band from years, years ago. Nice. Yeah. Gospel, and yeah. and did you step away from all gospel music? Or are you just doing like uh, I, I hate saying secular, but are you just gigging secularly now? Uh, no. Um, so I still I still absolutely am in gospel music or CCM, whatever you want to call it. I still love playing at church. Um, I play at my right. home church all the time, and then I also um, I'll it's like a there's two bass players for this collective. It's called the River Worship. And so I'm okay. one of the bass players there. And they bring in a lot of artists that are, I guess, popular and current in the States. And they're trying to kind of build build out a scene here in Canada and, and push us as we don't really have the artistry that the States has in terms of yeah. artists in that sphere. So that's kind of like... Part yeah. of their vision as well as to like create a good space and that's like specifically for youth. So it's tailored to um, younger, younger people. That's dope. That I always had a question and I, I can't believe I've never even asked Anthony this question, but I did ask another band member before mm -hmm. as gentlemen that go to church regularly. How do you reconcile with the battle of 
playing in a gospel band as opposed to playing in a non-gospel band. Does that, do you guys understand what I'm saying? Like, is it does is there any backlash that you guys receive from friends or other Christians, or is it just a gig's a gig, and I don't really focus on, you know, the secular part of you know the music that I'm playing. I just play as a professional musician. Good question. I guess that's the both. Well, that's of you, a fair you know? question. Uh, I guess I'll go first on that. Uh, should have threw it to you so I can buy some time, <laughs> piggyback <laughs> off your answer, and keep myself uh, employed in the in the church world. But that's cool. No, you know what it is. Well, first of all, I don't really do a lot of outside the church stuff right now. To be honest, I do more booking right. than I do okay. playing, so that makes it easy. But there was a time where I was doing a lot of both. Um, right. And there were times, I mean, I think it's a personal comfort thing. I think you just need to know where you stand on both sides or on one side, yeah. at, more importantly. And then there's a place right. that you, there's probably a line that you just shouldn't cross. So if anything makes you uncomfortable, uh, I think Fair. it needs to be personal more than to appease other people first and foremost. So if this is Good your answer. relationship with God, if that's the reason why, then you have to do what makes you feel comfortable within that and don't go beyond that for anybody else or for money because that's just not going to get you very far. And I think that would apply to anything in life, right? Like you need to, yeah, first of absolutely. all, stick to what you believe, peer pressure, money. These are all things that will pull you away. So that's that's the kind of short answer for me, obviously. If you're thinking about as a musician who's a full-time musician, those choices yeah. aren't always that easy. Um, there's a lot more work right. in the secular, as you will, world than there is in the Good church point. world, unless you're one of the lucky to have like a full-time employment with the church. Um, it ain't that easy to live. So you kind of like, yeah, you yeah. still it comes back to the same thing. You have to pick and choose. And there are a lot of other ways beyond playing, I think, which a lot of us have discovered at this point, where you can still make a pretty nice living being a creative and without so much emphasis on the music so that's kind of my answer let's see what you got that's a great yeah. answer no i appreciate that <laughs> political you, what you, yeah very political but it was spot on no and i i understand where you're coming from completely all right your turn heathen uh, i mean yeah. <laughs> i'm just joking uh, <laughs> oh man so um i think for me when i when i first started playing like secular gigs if we want to use that word um, I hate that word. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's it's okay, man. It's fine. Um, I think like what my parents always like um, kind of focused on was like, hey, like if you if this doesn't feel right with your spirit, don't do it. And it was yeah, just yeah. as simple as that. Like, just don't do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and so they always trusted me um, to kind of choose that early on. So I think when I made the mistakes of maybe early on, like when the money was like, I was young and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is such a cool gig. And yeah. then I end up playing some rap artist That's like the whole atmosphere <laughs> is just trash. Like people are Grimy, just doing yeah, yeah. drugs around me. It's like, Oh, I don't mm. want to be here. Right. So after I had right. the one or two experiences of that early on, it was like that, that, um, sentiment that they gave me it just kind of stuck and i was like no no i'm gonna stick by this so that i don't mm -hmm. have to do this nasty nasty environment again and i just kind yeah. of stuck with That's that stuck. i don't feel any like guilt or anything playing any of those gigs too because it's partly my living and again yeah. like i don't mm -hmm. accept anything that's like nuts um not yeah. too far yeah. yeah so that's kind of my answer for it that makes perfect sense 
Yeah, there was a lot of pushback. I mean, we've all heard it, um, especially some of the guys that we know. Like, I guess if we're going back to like, I don't know, early two thousands or mid two thousands ish, when we'd have guys yeah. like, well, when like Drake came out, we had guys like uh, Jay Laws. He was playing bass for him, and Adrian Bent, and these guys are all church guys, and they're taking a lot of slack from from that church world the community but at the same time yeah, yeah. it's like i'm a musician i'm you know there's 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 different ways eat. to justify it but at the same this is opportunity right like without your yeah. foot in that door um you don't get to reach the levels that you maybe aspire to reach so there are maybe some things that you have to go through where you just have to be able to separate uh who you are versus the music and also know that when you step into that world you're bringing your own your own light that you can you know shine onto other people so Beyond the music, it's still the relationships and the opportunity to um, network beyond your current reach. So there's a lot, man, but it's a good yeah, question, no, man. Great answers, guys. Very good question. Oh, sorry, answers, too. Mm-hmm. Appreciate them for both of you. Um, Jeremy, I also wanted to ask you, because you said you dropped out of the video production, but um, <laughs> I saw on your website that you are a content creator, so you still dabble in video production regardless of, you know, um, leaving the, the program. You learned enough, man. Can you talk a little <laughs> bit about the content that you create? Yeah, so I I dropped out, and I literally was one course away from finishing, and I just, I was so oh, sick wow. of it. Like, Oh, man. It was a lot going you on. You won't as get well. that one course. It's, it's honest. It's too late. Like I can't even do it. Oh, it's just oh, inspired man. now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. It's just gone. But yeah, part of the Fair. part of the like there was just a lot going on in my life at that time too. And like knowing mm, that sure. I picked picked the wrong thing in terms of like I love music, right? Like I love doing it, mm-hmm. no matter how grind like grindy or hard it gets. Like that was mm-hmm. weighing on me. My mom was going through um, an injury from work. She was a nurse, so there was a lot of stuff going on mm-hmm. at the same time. So I'm I'm sure that probably played a part. But uh, yeah, no, yeah. I still I still create videos. I still work with companies to do videos. I have a production company on the side that is like I'm running and doing nice. that stuff. Um, so I still like I still do a lot of video, and it's just like a a thing that I've picked up and I've kind of kept doing quietly. Um, oh, okay. I think it just works really well hand in hell, hand in hand with music, right? Just understanding those especially two things. in this era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's huge. It's just, it's another thing to make yourself valuable at the end of the day. Like it's just another way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what was kind of the motivation, I guess, behind fusing the music and video content creation stuff? Yeah. So I think, I think was it D that touched on it just a little bit ago, or it might've been you, Anthony, um, Mm -hmm. speaking about how musicians have found out other ways to kind of step away from gigs and kind of Mm -hmm. have that constant, uh, like flow of money. It doesn't start like, uh, as a lot, but as you build it, you know, that it can become something more sustainable. So that was kind of the idea behind Mm -hmm. that. It's like, I don't always want to be depending on an artist or like waiting for a gig like I want to start having conversations to build myself as a brand so that I can actually build a family and have time set apart to spend with them so that was the idea behind it nice can you that's brilliant and can you talk us through I mean 
typically maybe give us like an example of the type of content that you create and then maybe talk us through the process. That might be something interesting for people from like conceptualizing an idea of maybe what you're going to share and then how you kind of put it together to make it the final product for people to uh, enjoy, partake, digest, digest yeah. Yeah, yeah, eat it up. Yeah. Okay, so um, I kind of think about it in like two or three different types of content. Um, one is like the like the grabs I guess would be like playing a bass lick, like playing something that's like spectacular to someone's eyes. Spectacular. Um, it's just an yeah. easy you know what I mean? Like it's just yeah, an yeah, easy yeah. way to get people <laughs> to look at your page. Yes. Yes, okay. uh, in the yes. end of it, like, will I ever use any of this on a gig? <laughs> Probably not. And half right. of the time I'm sitting there just to land this one lick that I, I don't play it live. I just, That's I will funny. not play that live. Right. It's just, yeah, but it's just literally to bring people to the page and get eyes on the page. That's the main thing. Um, Smart. So that stuff is kind of just like on the day, if I feel like recording some bass, I'll just, I might record like three of them and I'll literally hold them until I'm like, okay, there's nothing going on. I need okay. to put something on my page Smart. to post okay. that. Um, and then, so the That's other cool. types I do is like, I, I like cool. speaking. Yeah. Um, I was saying, sorry. I like speaking about like, just like encouraging. And I think about like, when I was like really, really early on in music. Mm -hmm. um, and like I shared, I didn't really have a lot of like perspective or people around me willing to tell me the back end of what the actual touring industry looks like or like how to yeah. get in contact with brands or how to sh like actually be prepared and actually learn music, right? So right. that's the other type of content that I like to shoot out because it's like I'm kind of just talking to a younger me. Like, how can I help out that yes. person who mm -hmm. might be in a, a similar situation? That's yeah, dope. Yeah. That's dope. Okay. Okay. So those are, is that, are those kind of like the two types that you focus on? Yeah. And then like, again, like the last one would be like really focusing on like a gear or a company that I like, actually like will use and that benefits me mm -hmm. and then kind of trying to build partnerships around that and that would be probably the one that's mainly focused on like the income or like right like building those relationships right yeah 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 no that makes good sense all right well i mean since you mentioned it, i was gonna ask you in a minute but uh you are working with some companies too are you, you want to shout those out I'm, i mean i feel like you're obligated to actually Here's a chance, sir. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um, uh, I recently started working with Apogee. So they're dope. an audio company out of California. And I, I have traveled down there a couple or a few times this year. I've got to meet, like, the whole nice. the whole staff from, like, all the way at the top to really cool anyone else that's working there. So they're a great company and, like, super supportive. Um, and they make really, really good stuff that I, I use and I have been for a while. And Very then cool. um, similarly, there's a company that is operated out of California, but I found out that they're actually um, like based in Singapore. It's called Mono Cases or Mono Bags. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then yeah, again, similarly, it's like it's almost like the standard of like travel cases. It's like. Mm. Yep. almost like the best you can get so to be able to be working with right. those guys is also amazing and and just yeah really excited about both of them 
Yeah, that's some really. Those are a couple of really cool uh, companies you're working with. I got questions because really cool. uh, traveling not too long ago with my mono case, people would be like, "You're just gonna travel with that soft case?" I'm like, "No, it's a lot more than it looks like, sir." First of all, <laughs> it could stand up. <laughs> it's one of the best, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good, man. That's Congrats the, that's on the that. selling feature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're pricey, too. When I first got it, I was like, yeah, but it's like one of those things. It's a no-brainer. Um, like you said, it's one of the industry standards. So really cool that you're working with a company like that. Really cool. If you were talking to someone younger like you do on your channel, and, and can you shout out the channel just so if anyone does want to hear some of the gems you dropped to your younger self where, where they can check that out? Yeah, and then I so, have a follow-up question after. Okay, cool. So my main, um, in terms of those videos, is on my Instagram. And my Instagram is J-E-R-E-M-Y-R-J-O-H-N underscore. And you'll find the videos there. Cool. That's dope. Um, when do you think it's a good time for somebody to approach a sponsorship in their musical journey? When do you think is like it's too soon or it's probably the right time for you to actually try and reach out to a sponsor or one of these companies to partner up with? Um, so I, I did it really, really, really young. My first one was like, uh, I'll say the company. It was so funny. I, I did Soul Tone when I was like, 12 mm. and those symbols man yeah. honestly yeah i i learned my lesson <laughs> i learned my lesson <laughs> what do you mean what do you mean well funny. looking back on it now like the percentages and stuff it just i didn't have any experience in business world and i ended up probably right. paying more than it would have cost me to get some sabians from long mcquade <laughs> to get these soul tones <laughs> yeah. from the states coming across so yeah that was wow. funny yikes <sighs> i'm not gonna say anything but, uh, about that that seems like <laughs> some uh questionable business ethic there exploiting a 12 yeah. year old in that way but yeah man it sucks funny. but it's fine it's yeah. fine i learned uh, lesson um, learned. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so to answer your question i'd say that most musicians whenever like you feel like confident playing at i don't know if like you can really gauge this but at a level where you're confident playing a call or a gig if you get it last minute like executing it well like you're confident in your abilities you know you can play almost anything if it's given to you like you might not be able to just do it right away but you can play the song confidently you know what's going on i think that's probably yeah. a good time to start um because once you get to a certain point of playing like everyone can play like right. that's really not what the company's looking for it's looking about like your stamp on your page or like what what is it that makes you you right um so if right. once you have that like baseline level of of ability of playing it's like okay now i can start to build myself and then partner with companies mm -hmm. you don't want it to be like i'll play my heart out for this company it's like yeah, yeah what happens yeah, yeah, yeah. if like you know what i mean like that puts way too to much stress authentic. on you yeah yeah absolutely um let me just circle back real quick on uh i guess there's a part two of what i had asked you a little while ago uh just about your content creation do you have like a certain amount of content that you create per week or per day and i guess also on that 
what is, do you do your own editing or what does that process look like as far as just piecing things together? Yeah. So, um, in terms of like prepping videos, if I was going to do like, um, mm-hmm. videos that are like basically me speaking to myself when I was younger, I, I write them out on this thing called notion. It's like this, like, um, okay. like an organization tool. It's free. I'm pretty sure. Okay. And I just write them. I have a, I built a template and I write a hook. I write the body okay. and then I write like, like an open ending so that the video will loop. Um, and that's kind of just how uh, I have it structured. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So it's just the small little idea. And I just do like four of them. I'll write four scripts and then I'll record four of them in the day. I'll just change my clothes after every one. <laughs> Shoot all four. Yes, right. <laughs> yeah, um, yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. No way I'm wasting That's more cool. than one day. <laughs> like Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You have a system. Um, it's, and then it's Yeah. It's beautiful. Yes. Yes. Uh take that footage and then it could be that day or just dependent what my week looks like. I'll throw it into um, Final Cut, and I, I'll do the editing as well for myself. Nice. And then wow. it's ready to outload. Yeah, go for it, D. Do you ever do you ever get content fatigue or like content overload? I ask anyone that creates content because to me, it seems and sounds from what you just described very exhausting, mm-hmm. and uh, at a point where, I mean the actual production you seem to have a good grasp on but creating and coming up with new ideas constantly that do work and that do grab people uh do you ever struggle or have like creative content block i don't know what the term is but it, coin it creative block i guess <laughs> writer's block coin yeah. it <laughs> that's funny um yeah no absolutely i think it's just like anything else like you can get stumped and i don't really when sure. I do, I just let it happen. I'm not, I'm not, right. you know, I'm not going to stress myself out. Like, you have to post. Like, it's like, no, mm. if it's, if it's what it is right now, it's going to be that. And that's that. Like, I'm not going to yeah. burn myself good. out yeah, for yeah, yeah, it. Yeah. Like it. That's be- That's good. That's really good. Because I find a lot of people end up burning themselves out or frustrating themselves trying to make sure that they're consistent with their delivery and then you can tell the work suffers so i think that's a great piece of advice for anyone just take a break it's okay to take a break and uh come back when you feel like doing it and the work won't suffer as a result that's that's dope break me off a piece of that kit kat bar I don't think I'm chopping that out. I'm chopping that out. What the? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I just I was just thinking about while you were mentioning like the fatigue from the content creator side. I guess you also have to factor in the fatigue of the platform or even the audience that you're engaging because that's another balance that Mm. you probably. I don't know if you really need to consider that. I feel like some people probably should, but is that something that comes into play as you're uh, kind of putting things out? Um, I'd say. Like, it kind of does. It's not, like, my first thought. But if it's been, like, a busy week of posting, sometimes Mm -hmm. I just won't post stuff that's happened because I'm like, okay, I'm going to actually annoy the people that are following following me more than actually, like, benefit from posting stuff. So, yeah. Diminishing returns, I guess, right? Okay. um, (laughs) 
You know what? So you're, since you're a content creator, maybe uh, I'm sure this is probably somewhere where people can find it. But uh, aside from, you know, companies that you're working with, what's some of the go to gear gear that you use that you can shout out maybe for people wanting to jump into the game, too? Uh, in terms of like cameras and content stuff, are you saying? Yeah, cameras, microphones, whatever you're kind of like, this is what's something I have to have. This is the best, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, this camera that I'm on right now, uh, it's like, it's just a really compact camera and it does a lot. So I use it for like, if there's like video meetings like this, I also okay. used it for a long time to shoot the IG style videos and it can do really, really good. Like BTS, like behind the scenes stuff. Um, okay. it's the Sony ZV one. I don't think they make it anymore, but if you can find mm. it, it's, it's like super small body, there's no um, detractable lens. It's just like literally a small mirrorless camera and it shoots 4K. Okay. It does the trick nice. and it's like a perfect, perfect start for like doing any type of content creation. Um, cool. Yeah. Uh, I use um, like a really, really cheap softbox. It's kind of like the cheapest one you can get. It's like a newer okay, one. Newer softbox, but the light is a Godox 60RL, I think it's called. 60RL. Again, like almost some of the cheapest stuff you can get. Um, mm, right. What does the trick? The, yeah, you just make it work. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Literally, <laughs> literally yeah. make it work. Well, that's cool. It could be your phone or whatever. That's but yeah, that's like yeah, my basic setup yep. for, for stuff. Cool. You seem to set yourself up in a beautiful format that you have so many different little streams that of income right. that you can kind of not have to bank on one. But if you, if I had a gun to your head Ooh. or just made you decide you had, sorry, I know Anthony was going to do that. <laughs> if I had to, if I had to make you or force you to pick one lane to stay in video production, bass playing, drums, MD oh. or video content creator. Oh, Which wow. one would you, you pick? Video into two to <laughs> make oh, it a little harder. Man. <laughs> yeah, I did on purpose. Um, In front of the camera, behind the camera. Jeez, mm. that's a hard question. That's a tough one. Um, I know. That's why I ask. I ask the tough questions here. <laughs> <I'm just joking. laughs> that's such a rough question. I would oh, say man. maybe music directing because i still get away with like being able to like like grow in multiple ways like i would still get <laughs> the growth of like understanding like um other instruments while being on my base right. you know so i get i yeah, get yeah, to yeah, wonder yeah, yeah, yeah. on it's that multitask. <laughs> and then you set up a camera yeah, so you're yeah, still yeah, creating okay. content on it you're good <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, look, at, look at him sneaky sneaky, sneaky, okay. sneaky. i like that answer i like it uh, yeah man this is this has been great um I'm so glad that we had you on. I'm pretty sure that you dropped some gems Definitely. just to like really help people uh, kind of think outside of the box as far as the, the potential of, you know, being a musician, starting off playing drums and bass in church like one million other kids did in Toronto <laughs> yeah. and still finding cool ways to uh, make a living and not only that, but build a career and build a brand that you can develop into uh, later into life. That's really cool. Um, 
Yeah. I mean, just let people know where to find you, what you have coming up, anything you want to share, last words for the audience, listeners, friends, before you uh, get back to creating some content. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, first of all, I'd like to thank you guys for having me on. I, uh, pleasure, man. <laughs> thank you. Welcome. Our pleasure. I appreciate, Our pleasure. Yeah, I appreciate you guys for inviting me. It's been awesome. Um, shout outs to Apogee and Mono. Um, you can find all upcoming stuff on my website. Yeah. Uh, ca, And that's basically it, man. Cool, man. We'll, we'll definitely have you And in I know studio. we were supposed to do this. In, yeah, that's what yeah, I was about so to was get on. You're going to bring a bass. Uh, <laughs> F-bass. Do you have an F-bass, right? I do, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're going to bring that F-Bass. You're going to play some spectacular bass. Can you guys explain bass. what an F-Bass F bass is? is a company based out of Hamilton, man. You should know. that. No, there's no oh, reason for you I to should. know. There's Damn. no reason. Damn, uh, yeah, we'll probably right, get them right. on at some point, too. <laughs> really cool company. And it's wow. it's from Hamilton, but they have some of the, like, the best bass players in the world, hands down. Like Not even like in my opinion. Hands down. Right. Foot down. Um, <laughs> beyond that. Hair down. Ten toes Ten down. Ten toes down. Uh, <laughs> even one of the dudes we had on, uh, Hadrian Farrell, do you remember him? Uh, bass player oh from yeah, Denver. He's a F nasty F yeah. bass player, too. Uh, just so Spose. many. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Joe Hamilton, Cleave. Ontario. Yeah, there's just so many. Ugh, it's ridiculous. That's dope. It's ridiculous. Wow. we got to talk to them about how they how that all worked and how it blew up that way. I don't actually know the true story of how it really caught on, but I know it's... It's huge. So shout out to Hamilton. Wow. Shout out to F Base. Shout out to F Base. Thanks for John. teaching us. I got a really weird F-Base. question. I waited till the end because I might want to cut it. But <laughs> as you were talking, I swear, <laughs> do you do voiceovers, man? Uh, no, no, that's no, a I good don't. question. Okay, that's super strange. I could have swore I heard you, and I'm like, he does have a voice that sounds maybe familiar. it's just familiar. Like it's a uh, yeah, yeah. Mm. Okay. Oh, you should start. There. You should definitely get yeah, into that. Yeah, you definitely. I think we found your sixth revenue stream. Voiceovers. <laughs> <laughs> Voiceovers, eh? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. You, uh, yeah, it could be a thing. Actually, both of you. I think you could both do really well. Now Either, you're just uh, being nice. No, no, no. Get out of here. I think, <laughs> yeah, think, think Dariki could do audiobooks really nicely, and I think you could do like a hell of an ad. So, yeah. Thank you, brother. Sweet. Thank that. you, man. I have, I have some more content ideas when you guys finally get to meet in person. Cool. A base off. A base off. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> you can't compete with that spectacular base of his. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, you can't compete. Okay, man. Yeah, thanks oh, so much, man. It's been a blast. For really real. appreciate <laughs> it, Jeremy. Thank you. Man. Thank you guys so much, man. Yes, sir. As a podcaster, you know that great content is only half the battle. The other half is finding the right hosting platform to reach your audience. That's where Captivate comes in. With unlimited podcasts, advanced analytics, and personalized support, Captivate has everything you need to grow your audience and monetize your show. Join the thousands of successful podcasters just like us who trust Captivate for their hosting needs. Visit dnaairwaves.com slash Captivate today to start your free trial.